0: Man, fuck Warner Brothers. Yeah, yeah, because it's because of them that we will probably never get to play a finished build of Primal Rage Two.
1: Yeah. Uh. Well, I just I mentioned that I just saw the uh, the Matt McMuscles video about Primal Rage Two, uh,
0: and I didn't really follow along like super closely. Uh, um, well, basically, the game was uh, Primal Rage and Primal Rage 2 were originally made... Yeah, originally being worked on by Atari. Then they shut down their arcade division and sold their assets to Midway who had no real interest in pursuing Primal Rage 2 since...
1: Yeah, they, they viewed it effectively as like a Mortal Kombat you know, competitor.
0: Yeah. Uh, which, you know probably accurate that the two games would have eaten into each other's uh demographics but the game was basically already done so you're base you're getting a free game out of it you don't have to invest very much just to finish the uh the handful of animations and uh what have you that were still left
1: yeah that was the weirdest part was that the game is done yeah and you know yeah it's hypothetically possible that it would eat into the uh the audience for uh, the next mortal Kombat game which at that point i guess would have been mortal Kombat 4
0: but, uh, probably because when was primal rage 2 going to come out 97 i think so yeah so yeah yeah so
1: i mean i suppose it's plausible it's definitely plausible but the game is done the investment is already made just do, i'm sorry do you hate making money <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah. I guess you do because you went out of business, but... Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, it, it turns out they did hate making money, actually, so...
1: Yeah, which turns out is bad for business.
0: Yeah, but uh, when they folded, uh, most of their stuff got bought up by Warner Games, uh, which is, you know, now uh, where NetherRealm Studios is a subsidiary of. So presumably... Somewhere in the Warner Brothers archives, there's sitting, like, the dusty ROM of Primal Rage 2, still just waiting to have, like, a handful of animations added to it and finished. So at this point... Yeah, just sitting in a warehouse somewhere next to the Ark of the Covenant. Yeah, next to the Ark of the Covenant, the Dead Sea Scrolls, and Polybius. Yeah. So at this point, it's just like sink a couple hundred bucks All in documents
1: it. that are in the same tier of importance historically speaking
0: yeah but yeah just like spend the couple hundred bucks it would take to put out like an hd re-release on like uh digital storefronts and just put the game out already
1: you know if they were gonna put out primal rage 2 i'd buy like uh i'd buy an, a current gen console for it
0: yeah yeah, I mean, people were traveling from all arounds to go to Galloping Ghost in Chicago just to play Primal Rage 2 because for the longest time, they were the only ones that had it.
1: Well, you say for the longest time. Does that imply that other people now have it?
0: Uh, okay, so uh, like uh, Matt McMuscle said in the video, uh, they had ROMs of it, but they couldn't put it on emulators because the game was designed specifically not to play nice with emulators. So it took several years before someone could figure out a workaround for that. Basically, they had to make a... So, custom- so we so we have the technology. Yeah, but the the game that you can uh, download and play now is still technically incomplete. Hmm. Because cause they're all based on prototype uh, builds that were sent out to arcades for market testing. Well... So what I'm saying is, finish the damn game and sell it!
1: I suppose if I ever go to Chicago, I'll have to bring $5 worth of quarters with me.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they. I think they also sell like old fashioned uh booklets with all the special moves and uh, finishers like they used to do back in the olden days before the internet. Mm. Cause the none of Kate tells those. Yeah, cause uh, you know none of that information was ever published. This unreleased yeah. game never got an official strategy guide, so they had to do it the old fashioned way and just play the shit out of it and figure out the uh the, the specials themselves.
1: Which I'm not entirely sure how passionate the Primal Rage fandom is these days, but. You know, I'm assuming that there's at least a couple of freaks who uh, wanted to make a uh, pilgrimage out to uh, Chicago to play this game.
0: Oh, there were. Because, uh, as the man says, I don't like the idea of something existing if I can't play a copy of it.
1: Well, I mean,
0: that because you had you actually
1: had like you you bought back in like the late 90s, one of those... um, an action figure from Primal Rage 2. It
0: was like a Sabre 2 cat guy. Yeah, I want to say wolf, but that's Killer Instinct, I think. Yeah. Uh, Sabre something, yeah. Yeah, they released a figure of him and of uh, Necros, or uh, whatever his name was, the big skeletal dragon. who yeah, was the big boss man. Who was originally going to be the final boss for the original Primal Rage, but they didn't have enough time to implement him.
1: I've still got all of my original Primal Rage fig- action figures. Yeah. Those are those are permanent collection.
0: Yeah, I occasionally see uh, primal raid stuff pop up on eBay, so there is still a market for it.
1: Yeah, it was a great game.
0: Yeah, arcade game of the year, 1993. Hello and welcome to another bone-crunching, skull-splitting, heart-ripping iteration of SplatterPunks. My name is Ness. And David. And it's combat time! Yes. Yeah, with Mortal Kombat riding high off of a solid week at the box office, we're carping the DM to talk a little combat time. Specifically, yes. we're taking a look at the three live-action films tonight, because taken together... They are a pretty good slate of towering highs, terrifying lows, and creamy middles. Yes,
1: audience, dear listeners, get over here, because we are talking Mortal Kombat.
0: So first up, uh, not dicking around, it's Mortal Kombat from 1995. Uh, How much do you personally remember this film? Because I remember it renting it almost weekly, but I don't recall how into it you were. You might have already moved on.
1: Um, yeah, I didn't watch it too many times as a kid. Maybe only once or twice, but I I did watch it actually several times as an adult later, and I do remember it pretty well. I think I remember all, at least all of the main you know plot beats and everything.
0: Well, I'm more meant. Do you remember it fondly, negatively, or beigely.
1: Uh, it's it's a it's a positive beige. Because, uh, I mean, it's not uh, a, a pleasant eggshell. Yeah, because it's it's not a it's not a great work of cinema. Let's just be straightforward about it.
0: Well, you know, not every movie can be Paddington 2, but not every movie needs yeah. to be.
1: This is true. I mean, it kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with what we were talking about on our last episode with go- all of the Godzilla movies. You know, from a storytelling standpoint, they're really not very good. Yeah. <laughs> but they don't have to be.
0: Yeah, this past week, I've been uh, going through the uh the first uh 15 godzilla movies to try and review every movie in the showa area it's like man some of these are i i i had forgot that uh godzilla versus ghidra had a whole subplot involving like alien psychics and like james bond-esque assassination subplots was that stuff in the
1: original Japanese version or was it edited in for the American release?
0: No, no, yeah, that was that, that's in all versions. Uh, the move, the movie the movie was always that fucking stupid. <laughs> no matter the language.
1: Yeah, but who gives a shit? There's a giant golden three-headed dragon shooting laser or uh, lightning bolts out of his mouth from space. Yeah, from space. Fuck you with your coherent plots. <laughs>
0: But, yeah, speaking of coherent plots or the lack thereof, would you be at all shocked if I told you that the mastermind behind the first two Mortal Kombats was a marketing guy? I would not. Okay, yeah. So, the way the 90s Mortal Kombat films came to be was they were the brainchild of a fella named Lawrence Kasanoff, who, like I said, uh, was from a marketing background. He had been the president of Lightstorm Entertainment, which is...
1: I think I I I remember hearing about this guy. He's got like a batshit story, right?
0: Oh, yeah. But (laughs) in in those early days, uh, he uh, was head of Lightstorm Entertainment, which is James Cameron's production company. And he basically handled the day-to-day business while Cameron was off making films. And a big part of that day-to-day business was the merchandising.
1: Yeah, so he's sitting over here making toys and comic books and pajamas and stuff
0: while James Cameron is busy fucking around in a submarine. <laughs> uh, I don't know if he was still with Lightstorm in the 90s. Uh, Abyss was a 90s movie, wasn't it?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. More Kombat came out in like 95.
0: Or are you talking about that period where James Cameron just got a, a raging hard on for the Titanic and spent a lot of time, uh, spent a lot of his personal time and wealth just exploring the Titanic in a submarine? <laughs> I mean, yeah, and also I think he's still doing that. Uh, I mean, probably. <laughs> yeah, he, whenever he...
1: he's not busy uh, planning, uh, you know, his avatar extended universe, he's uh, you know probably putzing around in the Marianas Trench in a
0: little uh, little metal ball. You know, in terms of a uh, rich weirdo hobbies, he could do a lot worse. You know, at least he's not oh, hunt- yeah, at least char- he's not at least he's not hunting me for sport.
1: Yeah, it's it. If anything, it's charming.
0: Yeah. He's 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 just an old man who loves his uh who loves his boats, yeah, his famously stupid sinky boat.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, come on, it sunk half
1: halfway across its first you know first maiden voyage.
0: Yeah, it's I'll- like the boat equivalent of a fail son. <laughs> yeah. But yeah,
1: no, well, I mean, a lot of fail sons will at least get across the finish line. <laughs>
0: But yeah, uh, Kasanoff was the one doing the day-to-day, and uh, he did a particularly brisk miss this off of a little movie called Terminator 2. I think I've heard of it. Yeah, yeah, and he was the one who brokered the deal with Midway to produce the uh, well-beloved uh, Coin-op arcade game off of Terminator 2. Oh, with 2. the light gun. Yeah.
1: Fuck yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was that was uh, that was Larry's uh, joint.
1: Yeah, it's got just like a. Like oversized Uzi just mounted on a cabinet.
0: Yeah. That particular style of light gun uh, actually became popular later on, so someone remembered it. Yeah. But due to uh, him brokering the deal with Midway to make this game, he got to go to their Chicago office and ended up playing an early build of their next big cash cow, a little indie title called Mortal Kombat, for which Larry apparently just like went fucking up the walls. He allegedly exclaimed that Mortal Kombat was, quote, like Star Wars meets Enter the Dragon, and that if they gave them the rights, he'd adapt it into every medium on the planet, including films, TV shows, cartoons, comics, and even a live action stage show, which, insanely enough, he actually wasn't joking about because that would end up becoming a real thing down the line.
1: No, yeah, uh, all of the things that you just listed are real they did happen he 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 was 100 percent true to his word
0: he he is a cokehead of his word
1: yeah yeah so he was just he just went ape shit after playing five minutes of mortal Kombat, convinced that this was a franchise that was going to take over the world meanwhile he probably had like a meeting afterwards uh like across town with a guy about buying a minor league
0: baseball team (laughs) (laughs) or i don't know was the xfl thing yet it was not uh, if he hadn't already blown his wad on Mortal Kombat Armageddon, I'm sure I'm sure Uncle Larry would have been all over that. Oh yeah. <laughs> I wonder if he had anything to
1: do with the revival.
0: Ah, uh, he is apparently still working in entertainment, so maybe <laughs> through you know blackmailing someone, he actually finangled his way to a producer's credit on the most recent Mortal Kombat movie. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised. But setting that aside, at the time, Midway didn't see the value of any of this. And the head of Midway allegedly said, and I quote, You're full of shit. It's just a fucking video game. (laughs) Which was Uh, uncharacteristic.
1: Might I remind you of a little hit single from a few years ago called Pac-Man Fever?
0: But this was an uncharacteristically wise thing for Midway to say at the time. Since uh, at that point in history, there were only three video game movies in descending order of time and also probably quality Street Fighter the movie Double Dragon and the Super Mario Brothers movie you think that uh, uh, Super Mario is the worst of those three? probably eh.
1: it's at least visually striking shall we say
0: I mean yeah so it's a train wreck but well, that doesn't mean I want to watch one I mean who doesn't want to see uh, you know King Koopa uh, looking you know, like Max Headroom because it was made by the couple who did uh, Max Headroom
1: yeah well he looks like the dad from the dinosaurs TV show no, he
0: which doesn't. would make Yoshi
1: the baby no he doesn't
0: King Koopa's the blonde guy in the suit
1: well he has like a dinosaur form though too and he's got like a weird, like, big giant body and a tiny weird head
0: Uh, those are the Goombas
1: Oh, shit, you're right,
0: yeah. Yeah. Well, whatever. <laughs> Who gives a shit? It's a bad movie. It, it sure is. That's why I ranked it last.
1: <laughs>
0: At least uh, Street Fighter has uh, uh, the muscles from Brussels trying his hardest to play, like, American action star Guile, while also sniffling incessantly because 80s. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> And I don't know. You can throw the wizard in there too if you wanted, because it was a big enough piece of shit. Even though it's not about a specific video game, just video games as a concept.
1: Uh, it was kind of an hour and a half long commercial for simultaneously Universal Studios and Super Mario Brothers Three.
0: Uh, Universal Studios. I think you're thinking of Pee Wee's Big Adventure.
1: No, because the uh, the the finale was at Universal Studios. Like the what? the tournament. Was it? Yeah, if I recall correctly.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, because Universal Studios in Orlando just opened that
0: year. Yeah, The last time I watched it uh, uh, was at the Benz. Uh, they just had to playing on the TV for some reason, so.
1: Yeah, that sounds, sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> the Benz. Great bar to go during the day. Terrible bar to go during the night.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I believe I started in the day and ended in the night, so it was one of those nights. But anyway... Moving on. (laughs) Yeah, it was only after the excess of Mortal Kombat 2 that Midway finally reversed course and started seeing the value in the merchandising. And Larry finally got his shot. And to the surprise of probably the world, it actually worked out. I mean, like we said, the end result was no Paddington 2, but it nevertheless seemed to break the video game curse that had been plaguing box offices.
1: Yes. And which has largely plagued box offices ever since.
0: Yeah, yeah, this, if, if anything, it might have ended up being the exception that proved the rule. But, yeah.
1: Yeah. So, can you give us just a brief rundown on the plot of the first Mortal Kombat movie?
0: Okay, so uh, when Larry said that it's like Star Wars uh, meets uh, Enter the Dragon, that's actually not the most insane thing he would ever say. Because the original video... Okay, so, some backstory. Uh, Mortal Kombat the game started life as a Jean Claude Van Damme game, fun- ironically enough. Uh, um,
1: presu- a Jean Claude Van Damme game? Yes. What, like. What, like, uh, like you're playing as Jean Claude Van Damme or like a character or something? Yes. Okay, <laughs> fair enough.
0: <laughs> uh, this version didn't make it very far into production before Van, Van Damme presumably wandered off because there were unsnoted lines of coke somewhere. But my guess would be that it was probably going to be inspired by the kumite in Bloodsport. Hmm. Since that's also about fighting tournaments, so it lends itself pretty well to a tournament fighter. True. But uh, when they lost Van Dam, they were left with uh, a few ideas and, uh, like, the technology of digitizing real actors and using them as graphics. So they just kind of did whatever they want. And what they wanted ended up being a knockoff of *Enter the Dragon*.
1: Yeah, yeah, kinda. Uh, just a bunch of fighters uh, show up on an island to uh, you know participate in this weird esoteric tournament.
0: Yeah, the villain is a disgraced former Shaolin, so uh, Han becomes Shang Tsung. The yeah, hero, the protagonist
1: is Bruce Lee.
0: Pro- yeah, he's just uh, Bruce Lee literally with- Bruce Lee. Yep. Uh, the. Uh, what was probably originally going to be the Van Damme character uh, became Johnny Cage as evidenced by the fact that he does splits and punches you in the dick but he kind yeah,
1: of he, he also uh, fits, f- fits perfectly with like the uh, the John Saxon
0: the,
1: yeah the, the American guy from uh, Enter the Dragon
0: yeah Mr. Roper as played by John Saxon and uh, Goro is just Bolo with two extra arms
1: yeah <laughs> they honestly kind of bear a little bit of resemblance yeah Bolo, I, you know, I love him. He's not a very handsome man, though.
0: And Bolo, uh, you might remember, was also uh, basically the final boss of Bloodsport. So it brings it brings us all the way back to the muscles from Brussels. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, the plot of the movie is basically just an expanded version of that uh, very basic framework where uh, we have our island tournament. Uh, you know, you have uh, you have your warriors uh, Liu Kang, Johnny Cage and Sonya and one thing that the movie probably doesn't get as much credit for as it deserves is introducing a lot of narrative elements that ended up becoming part of the official Mortal Kombat canon because hmm. the plot of the original game was basically just Shang Tsung is holding his evil martial arts tournament because evil <laughs> yeah, you know, for evil reasons yeah e- evil uh, kung fu wizard reasons yeah as you do. Uh, it was the movie version that added the uh, the framework of uh, Mortal Kombat basically being Earth's last line of defense against the invading Outworld armies, and it instituted the rule that in order for Outworld to invade, their champions had to win 10 consecutive tournaments, with uh, Earth already down a solid nine L's. Yeah, yeah, we did not do hot. We sure did not. Uh, originally, Ra- in the original game, Raiden was just another contestant, whereas this is the game that put him in more of his, uh, like, kind of advisory role, where he's not, strictly speaking, allowed to, like, fight anyone directly.
1: Yeah. Where he's, he's kind of an Elder God, but also not, really.
0: Played by Christopher Lambert from Highlander.
1: Yeah. And for reasons, he also just can't, like, go to the other Elder Gods and be like, Shang Tsung is trying to invade Earthrealm?
0: Well, no, because uh, the Elder Gods will allow that if he can beat them uh, fair and square in the tournament.
1: True, but... Alright, yeah, actually, this is a point of conversation for later.
0: Yeah. And uh, this was also the... uh, uh, the... uh, where uh, Kano's ethnicity was retconned. Because he was originally Japanese, because, you know, Kano... Not a very Australian name. But well, the, if you pronounce it Kano. But the actor they ended up casting was uh, just so charismatic that uh, the guys in Midway decided just to make it official that he is now, you know, evil Paul Hogan. So yeah, if you understand the idea of Mortal Kombat, then you just understand the plot of the first movie. Uh, and it gives other little embellishments, like Liu Kang also trying to avenge his brother, who was at some point killed by Shang Song.
1: For, yeah. Again, for reasons. It, right?
0: It's not. It's not clear how or when that would have ever happened, but we are informed by the uh, the uh, the 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 opening dream sequence jump scare that that's a thing.
1: Yeah. Because, uh, all okay, right. So, if I remember correctly, in the original movie, Liu Kang is not like a monk or anything like that, right? He's no, he's
0: he, he, he. No, he's with the Shaolin.
1: Okay, is a Shaolin monk okay? Yeah. And. It, yeah, I'm trying to rem- I'm trying to recall the lore a little bit cuz it like Raiden is somehow connected to the Shaolin Temple but not somehow.
0: Right? Uh well well the Shaolin are one of the few factions who actually know who Raiden is. Yeah. And uh he works with them pretty directly and Liu Kang is their designated champion that they're sending to the tournament. Mm. Yeah.
1: So yeah, and the uh, Raiden and the elder gods are like the Shaolin temple. The, the Shaolin are aware of them but they're not like connected. Like they're not like serving the elder gods or anything like that.
0: I mean I mean the the exact cosmology of this uh, franchise has been uh, retconned many times. Uh, in the movie I don't think it's gone into in any great detail because that would have stood in the way of the fighting. Hmm. So yeah. So like what what are you trying to figure out is like Raiden their boss?
1: Well, because I know he's not, like, their boss, per se. But well, like, he kind of is. What, like the Shaolin Temple?
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's, he's, he's pretty much effectively their boss.
1: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, then, never mind, then. <laughs> I guess that's just how Shaolin monks work in this world.
0: Yeah, they worship Christopher Lambert. Okay. <laughs> so, um, uh, remembering what you do about the uh, movie, let's talk pros and cons. Um pros i would say is that uh while it took uh, certain liberties it definitely gets the spirit of what the games were about yes fighting yeah. well fighting but specifically the sort of uh you know eastern martial arts meets western heavy metal and fantasy sort of thing yeah because that's really what makes mortal Kombat uh distinctive and what its imitators never really seem to get because all the Mortal Kombat clones came out, they just thought that if you just put violence in the game, then it was a license to print money, and then it ended up not being me.
1: Well, it did work in some cases, like such as, uh, like uh, Killer Instinct.
0: Killer Instinct uh, was its own thing. Uh, its main thing was uh, the the combo centric gameplay. Yeah. So, it, yeah, it, in terms of it the actual, true. in terms of the actual play style, it and Mortal Kombat could hardly be more different.
1: Yeah, that or, that's true. I was thinking more like thematically rather than gameplay.
0: Yeah, no, like uh, uh, thematically, I could totally see a Mortal Kombat Cross Killer Instinct uh, thing working.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, but there were, yeah, uh, there were certainly a uh, hundred uh, Mortal Kombat clones that just came and went.
0: Over your your Kasumi ninjas and your tattoo assassins. Yeah. <laughs> Solid gold, all of them, and even a few yeah, course, for Midway itself, like War Gods.
1: Yeah, one. Uh, well, well, you you like War
0: Gods? I, I do have a big soft spot for War Gods, but no one else does.
1: No. Um, I don't I don't know if anybody even else remembers that game.
0: Uh, Matt McMuscles does.
1: Yeah. Well, he
0: Maximilian dude does. He
1: uh, Matt McMuscles just. Has this weird recollection of just all of the like esoteric fighting games that mean that mean stuff to us, like Primal Rage, uh, War Gods, and of course everyone's favorite Shaq Fu. Well,
0: his favorite was always Mace the Dark Age, the poor man's Soul Calibur.
1: I remember seeing a lot of copies of that at video game stores.
0: Are, are you got t- this, are you talking got twenty a- years ago or five years ago? <laughs> Because that's yeah. been, that's pretty much been a constant.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I just remember the, it's, it's this dude who looks like a cross between like Sauron and Lord Zed from uh, Power Rangers.
0: Yeah. His name is Lord Demos. Excellent.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, a game we could, uh, it's too late to do this segment now, but a game that uh, I should have uh, done was uh, just uh, quizzing you on uh, Mace the Dark Age character or 80s Metal Band uh yeah lord darken
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: also uh well we're still off topic uh the name of one of the fighters from war gods is kabuki joe and i want to say that's probably racist but uh who knows <laughs> <laughs> but yeah uh, uh what positive was
1: that, what was that one from that uh That uh, that like Bollywood movie, like like Crazy Hair Joe or whatever, like the little kid with like the like the frizzy. Uh, Oh, Funny Hair Joel. (laughs) Funny Hair (laughs) Joel,
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah. Don't let Bollywood make movies about the American South.
1: (laughs) I'm crazy about you, pretty woman.
0: I didn't even think that was the same movie.
1: No, no, yeah, you're right. It wasn't.
0: <laughs> so they're zero for two.
1: Yeah, no, funny hair Joel was from the the serious one. Yeah. <laughs> that that funny hair Joel was a character in the drama version.
0: Yeah. But you know it's Bollywood, so it still has to have gratuitous musical segment. Yeah. Anyways, th- this whole segment's probably getting cut out, but.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh. Ep- episode title: Funny Hair Joel. <laughs>
0: But uh, this movie succeeds in nailing the vibe. And also, you know, the action is, you know, really pretty solid. Yeah. You know, it, 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 it wasn't going to blow anyone's minds like the Matrix or nothing like that. But, uh, you know, it promised Mortal Kombat. And aside from being rated PG-13, it delivered Mortal Kombat.
1: Yeah, it there there was also a, you know, a, a good ratio of uh, practical to uh, practical effects
0: to CGI. Although we got to talk about Reptile. a character who would have looked like dog shit in any movie but especially in a movie that only seems to cast them against dark backgrounds (laughs) when he's just covered in like the juice from inside of glow
1: sticks
0: (laughs) (laughs) he looks like he's being like scanned by the predator at all times
1: well because yeah I don't really I remember I don't remember exactly what reptile looked like But I do remember being kind of like... He's
0: like a hunchbacked, uh, gangly, bipedal lizard man who runs around, hisses and sticks his tongue out, and then Liu Kang kicks him into a statue, which he crawls into its ribcage and transforms into a ninja man.
1: Yeah, I do remember that part. As you do. I remember remember watching that part and just being like, the fuck is happening?
0: (laughs) And, okay, so I didn't rewatch this movie... Uh, in preparations and this might be a Mandela effect thing but I remember when he goes into the statue and becomes a ninja man the announcer from the Mortal Kombat game yeah, saying says, reptile <laughs> okay yeah, so that's that's
1: that, that did it. happen
0: yeah that's like kind of on the that, that's almost on the level of Uva ball just splicing in random shots from mortal from a uh, House of the Dead into his house of the Dead movie it's like who said reptile? Did he say it? Is he announcing himself? No, it's non diegetic. <laughs> it's like the music. No, I, I choose to believe that there's uh, someone just uh, following the crew around with like the uh, the soundtrack by the Immortals just playing on a boombox.
1: Yeah, he's just do. He's just constantly doing a John Cusack, just holding up a boombox over his head, uh, just following all of the crew.
0: Yeah. Uh, one criticism I will say of the movie is that it, the only one, the only song from the Mortal Kombat album that it used was the theme song, uh, not any of the other bangers like Sub Zero, open parentheses Chinese Ninja Warrior, close parentheses. <laughs> that whole album is just, moi chef's kiss. Just like a, a landmark of '90s Euro dance.
1: Yeah, you just kind of picture the uh, the Swedish alien dudes from uh, Dude, Where's My Car? Just kind of awkwardly like pumping their fists over and over, and just sort of swaying back and forth to it,
0: while all of these uh, ninjas are uh, fighting right in front of them, and they are just all stoically like pumping their fists, moving no body part except for their right arm.
1: Yeah, and well, and their their torso just like pivoting in like a forty five degree angle back and forth. Whereas the and in, in the background the ninjas are just constantly flipping through the air like, yeah. they're not really going anywhere they're just flipping
0: <laughs> uh which is also a thing that happens in both this movie and I think it's sequel just you know just ninjas doing flippy whippies through the air
1: yeah well what good's a ninja if he's not flipping
0: although they don't really look like ninjas they kind of look like stock bad guys from Indiana Jones movie I, I, I think they have like the big harem pants and usually no shirt and just like the the the, the face wrapping hmm
1: well, when I, because th- well, obviously, Mortal Kombat has always had a well-stocked roster of ninjas that are all the exact same character, just palette swapped.
0: Yeah, the the uh, the Rainbow Ninja Squad.
1: Yeah. Um, and that is something that we definitely see in this film, that I don't think we really see as much in other like later Mortal Kombat media.
0: Uh, in what regard?
1: Where. You know, I kind of appreciate the fact that the ninja costumes kind of look like they came from a spirit Halloween store.
0: Oh, yeah, because the actual budget for costuming for the Mortal Kombat games was like $30.
1: No, I'm talking about the movie.
0: Oh, yeah. But, you know, it's true to the games because the games themselves look that shitty. Yeah. The, the cyborgs were just cobbled together from like motocross uh, padding that they found in the discount bin at a sports authority. They have predator dreads for some reason to try and make them look more cyborgy.
1: Oh, is that, is that how that works? Cyborgs grow dreads?
0: Uh, according to Mortal Kombat 3 onwards, yes. Okay. But yeah, uh, now that you mention it, the only two nin- Well, okay, yeah, there's three ninjas, and also Kitana is here, but not in her ninja costume.
1: In the first movie? Yeah. She has the face covering for a little bit. Does she? If I remember correctly, yeah, when she first shows up or something, she has the face covering.
0: But she's not dressed in like her usual, like, uh, baby blue, uh, ninja suit, though. She seems to just be wearing like a generic 90s leather corset costume, as was the style at the time.
1: I kind of, yeah, I kind of remember her being in sort of like having the, uh, the color, like the, she has like a light purple color stripe across her front, but then, yeah, it's just kind of a corset with no, like, pants or anything.
0: Now she has pants. It's it, it's Sonya who at one point cuts the legs off her pants off camera somewhere. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just one scene she has uh pants, the next scene she has little daisy dukes.
1: Yeah, I don't really remember okay, okay. I I know at some point Katana is wearing the ninja costume, but I yeah, I don't I it's been too long I can't really uh verify that fact.
0: Yeah. And uh, the gentleman who played uh, Shang Tsung, uh, you know, he he is probably a highlight of the movie. Uh, He was so good in the role that they actually brought him back, you know, 20 some years later to uh, do the voice and the facial mocap for Shang Tsung in MK11 Aftermath. Hmm.
1: Is that the most recent game in the franchise?
0: Uh, Yeah, it was the expansion to Mortal Kombat 11 that adds a uh, that adds Shang Tsung, Sindel, Nightwolf and a few others and gives uh, a whole new ending.
1: Night, Night wolf. Uh,
0: the, the the stock Native American guy.
1: Yeah, I know. But that just reminded me of the uh, the second film in the franchise.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, I, you know what? I honestly feel like we're going to have a lot more to say about that. So you want to just uh, give your final thoughts on MK95 so we can get to the real, uh, the real main course?
1: Yeah. MK95, it's an entertaining film. Yeah. Uh, you know.
0: I think think it still stands as one of the most entertaining uh, video game movies made to this point.
1: Oh, yeah, video game movies, certainly.
0: Yeah. Uh, In terms of great video game movies, it's pretty much this and, I don't know, Silent Hill, which I know you're not a fan of, but I liked it. Okay.
1: Yeah, I just remember that being, I I just remember 45 minutes of, like, our protagonist, who I don't remember her name, just running from room to room and seeing spooky thing and screaming and running to another room to get to scream at another spooky thing.
0: Yeah. I don't remember her name either because she wasn't a protagonist from any of the games.
1: Yeah. I Yeah. I, if there's one thing that I don't remember about that movie, it's a plot. I don't remember it having one.
0: And uh, I've heard good things about Sonic the Hedgehog movie, but I refuse to watch it until they release the body horror cut. <laughs>
1: Yeah, release the fucked up Sonic cut.
0: (laughs) Give the hedgehog more teeth. (laughs) Give him like rows of teeth like a shark. Yeah, tiny,
1: (laughs) tiny, tiny eyes and lots and lots of teeth. (laughs) Just imagine Sonic the Hedgehog with the face of a great white shark.
0: (laughs) And a foot long erection. The fan base is diverse. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Uh, so, against sure. all odds, uh, Mortal Kombat 95 was a huge success. Everyone thought that the curse of the video game movie was broken. So, obviously, they pressed forward with a sequel. And...
1: It destroyed all
0: expectations. It sure did. Um... I, I, I still would have been a little kid at the time, so I didn't necessarily have expectations. But, um, you know, funny enough, I think I actually rented um, Mortal Kombat Annihilation more than I rented the original.
1: Yeah, well, one of my roommates uh, rented it from uh, like Blockbuster so many times that uh, he eventually, I think, finagled them into just selling the VHS to him. So he probably paid over the over the expanse of time maybe like i don't know 80 dollars to own this movie
0: i mean i at least had the excuse of being like eight so i don't know what your uh what what your roommate saw in it
1: but well this came out in 97 so no you wouldn't have even been eight
0: well i mean when i was renting it a bunch
1: oh well i think he was also eight (laughs) yeah wow so there you go kids are stupid
0: yeah um yeah, at the time, you know, all I wanted out of my uh, Mortal Kombat was a bunch of uh, ninjas doing flippy whippies and uh, people fighting, and that's basically just 90% of the movie.
1: Yeah, but that other 10%, though.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, they could get uh, two of the original cast back.
1: Well, are you, are you counting the one that they killed in the first 30 seconds?
0: They didn't get that guy back. Johnny Cage didn't come back. Okay. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah that's that's what i was asking i was like so yeah you got two two returning characters um are you counting one of the one that no all building? the
0: characters return i'm talking about the actors yeah no one wanted to do this fucking movie <laughs> <laughs> well they,
1: luke kang came back, right
0: yeah they got luke kang back and they got katana back everyone else had better things to do
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: christopher lambert read the script and refused it outright uh the guy who played uh cage He would have been entitled to a pay raise since he was one of the few actors with some experience so that's why he jobs to Shao Kahn in the first 30 seconds yeah so obviously he didn't want to do that and everyone else just uh, refused so they rounded out the cast mostly with stunt performers and American Gladiators
1: it was a hot property at the time
0: (laughs) was it? was it really?
1: Uh, I think that was kind of towards the end of American Gladiators but you know It had cachet at one point.
0: I have to take your word for it, I guess.
1: What? Hitting people with giant Q-tips is cool. Shut up.
0: (laughs) So, yeah, they basically just skipped over the plot to Mortal Kombat 2 altogether and just went straight to MK3 with Shao Kahn just saying, screw the rules, I'm invading. Yeah. And the story involves... uh, Okay, so in order to defeat uh, Shao Kahn, they somehow come to the conclusion that Liu Kang needs to unlock his animality because that will be his killer app that lets him beat Shao Kahn.
1: Which they just decide, right?
0: Yeah, it's not explained why they think that will be the way. Especially if it turned out that his uh, animality sucked, like scorpions, where he turns into a penguin and lays an explosive egg between your leg and you blow up.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, my, my, my main gripe with uh, the film isn't so much the, uh, the constructs of like the animality as a concept. It's more uh, just, shit just happens.
0: Yeah, that, that, that's why I'm struggling to recite the plot to this because it's not really a plot. It's just a series of events.
1: Yeah. No, yeah, because a plot implies causality and a string of, you know, uh, events that occur because other events occur. This movie is just things happening in sequence.
0: Yeah. Mortal Kombat 1, uh, it kept it simple and it kept it tight. Um Aside from the fact that we never actually figure out how this fucked up tournament bracket works, uh, we at least get the uh, it at least communicates the idea of a tournament, if not an actual tournament. Yeah. Uh, Mk Armageddon. It's literally just events are happening.
1: Yes. Um, this is the one where uh, Sub Zero slides in on a. Uh... Uh, har- on a harness from the from the ceiling.
0: Yeah, Sub Zero, right? Sub Zero Mark II, because uh, original Sub Zero is dead.
1: Yeah, yeah, he slides in uh, with a harness that's clearly visible in the final cut.
0: <laughs> yeah, about um, that. Um, so th- one of the things this movie gets lambasted for a lot is the special effects, and according to Larry Kasanoff, the reason for this was. Um, they showed a, an unfinished version of the movie to a test audience as, you know, is standard practice. And they must they may have been watching a different movie because apparently they loved it <laughs> to the extent that the uh, higher ups of the studio said that, like, oh, fuck it. It's good enough. Just put it out into theaters, even though there's going to be an entire second pass of editing and special effects work. The
1: truth is, Larry just owed a shit ton of money to some people in Miami.
0: Well, the way he tells it, that's how you get mistakes like Liu Kang kicking Baraka into a fire pit and then just reusing an earlier clip of Rain getting uppercutted into a fire pit. Yeah. Good stuff. (laughs) That's how you you get Raiden uh, teleporting in and just kind of blinking into existence and doing like a flip. Well, that wouldn't
1: be special effects. That's just that's just editing.
0: Well, yeah, the editing wasn't finished either.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, It would also explain certain things, like when Nightwolf is training Luke Kang to access his animality, he says you must survive three tests. There is only one. Yeah,
1: there's one test, and then uh, Nightwolf's out of the movie now. (laughs) Bye. Bye.
0: They didn't even, like, throw in a, di- a, a line of dialogue pooching him, saying that, like, he got killed by uh, Shao Kahn's extermination squads on the way to his home planet. <laughs> they did do that to Striker, though, and uh, Cabal, so... They
1: explained that they died on the way back to their home planet?
0: Uh, uh, Rain or Ermac or one of them says that they killed them off-screen somewhere. Ah, uh, yes, off-screen. My favorite place to die. <laughs> I mean, the... This movie has enough fucking characters in it as is, so obviously they needed to uh, make cuts. And if I was going to cut anyone, I'd probably cut the mall cop first.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Well, didn't they have like an entire? They had an entire tribe of baracas, didn't they?
0: Yeah, which you know that is true to the games. He's not like a one-off. He's like the leader of this whole goblin race.
1: Yeah, but they had them in the movie, right?
0: Yes. Uh, Liu Kang beats the shit out of a lot of Barakas because uh they are a race of jobbers. They exist to job. Yeah, they're
1: uh they're they're pretty much just uh I don't know stormtroopers basically.
0: Yeah, they're they're Shao Kahn's uh, stormtroopers.
1: Yeah, you know draw, drawing a parallel again between like you know Star Wars and this, they're basically the Barakas are basically like the stormtroopers of this universe.
0: Although you did just remind me uh for whatever reason. Uh, in terms of characters who didn't need to be in this, uh, the big bad is revealed to be Shinnok, who dresses. Yeah, I, I had already stopped
1: playing Mortal Kombat games by this point. I don't even know who Shinnok is.
0: Uh, basically, the god of hell. His his ultimate goal is just, like, wipe out all life and all the realms. Uh, he's the guy who dresses like. Uh, you know how the Undertaker used to go to the ring wearing his big cloak? Yeah. Yeah, he's the guy who dresses like that.
1: So he just wears a duster.
0: No, no, not the duster, like the big hooded robe. Oh, okay. Yeah. And he's revealed to be Shao Kahn's father and also Raiden's father. Because they're Mama. brothers. <laughs> which was never yeah. a thing which was never a thing in any of the games.
1: Well, I think that yeah, they they I remember seeing something about like, you know, basically like Shao Kahn is sorta of, is sorta of like a an elder god in the same way that raiden is
0: so so Where he's, so,
1: he's kind of like uh he was supposed to be kind of like the advisor to outworld and basically just like fuck this i'm taking over
0: so yeah uh, uh raiden and shao khan were never elder gods they were basically like the protector deities of their respective realms like sort of demigods well the, like shinnok was an elder god who rebelled against the other ones and got his shit pushed in and was banished to the nether realm so lucifer uh, no, because Lucifer also exists within, uh, the, uh... God the, damn the, it. <laughs> but Yeah, yeah, he got... Yeah, he was down there being tortured by Lucifer until, uh, he talked Quan Chi into freeing him, and then they killed Lucifer and took over Hell. <laughs> <sighs> you know, there's something to be
1: said for the simplicity of a basic tournament fighter. <laughs>
0: I mean, they all start out simple, but, you know, at, at a certain point, I think Tekken devolved into, like, a whole world war that we settle with a martial arts tournament. And Akuma what is there. Street fighter. <laughs> huh? That was just the—Street tur-
1: Fighter just stayed a tournament fighter, didn't it?
0: Uh, Street Fighter 3 was about stopping, like, some weird, like, uh, mes- messianic cult. <laughs> 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 yeah, the, the big bad of that one is kind of like Evil Jesus.
1: Guys, it doesn't have to be this hard.
0: Uh, dead or alive, I think the villain of one of those was like a weird bio slime clone of Kasumi, and also Ryu from uh, Ninja Gaiden is there.
1: Yeah, you, you know what? I think that <laughs> I think we just need to kind of do like the the Thanos snap for a lot of these uh, tournament fighters, and just basically just bring them back to where you know bring everything back to where it was in like the nineties. Uh, Mortal Kombat's
0: done that twice now.
1: Yeah, but just like, well, clearly not because it's more convoluted than ever. <laughs> uh, so just like retcon uh, all of them and just you know have uh, some uh, some fighters with a you know one paragraph backstory uh, and they fight each other.
0: Let's see, I'm trying to think of some other silly ass uh, uh, tournament fighter nonsense.
1: Um, Well, if it had come out, Primal Rage 2 sounds like it would have been bonkers.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually not a fan of that uh, change that they made. And they at least seem to understand that that was probably going to go over poorly by just making the dinosaurs also playable in addition to their human avatars.
1: Yeah. You
0: know, at least when Marvel versus Capcom is bonkers, it makes sense because they're mashing two uh, properties that have nothing to do with each other together. Like okay. like like sure uh, okay. Doctor Doom is teaming up with Wesker from Resident Evil. Why wouldn't they?
1: Okay. There is one instance where the overly complicated uh tournament fighter has worked, and that's injustice, right?
0: Uh that one's actually fairly simple. Yeah. Uh Superman got punked uh by the Joker so hard that he turned evil and now we have to stop the evil Justice League.
1: Yeah, well I mean it's got like a plot. Yeah. Then that's Sorry, oh, well, I mean, well, then again, there's all of the Injustice sequels. I don't even uh, know.
0: all I mean. one of them.
1: Uh,
0: they only made well, it to...
1: In... I'm, I'm talking about also, like, the comics and all that shit. Oh, yeah.
0: Uh, well, the comics, the, the first line of the comics was...
1: The Injustice Expanded Universe.
0: Well, the first line of comics was just a prequel uh, that takes place over five years, explaining how it got to this point. Yeah. And then the, uh... The second line of comics is basically the same thing, just bridging the gap between Injustice One and Injustice Two.
1: Okay, so, so even that, not not particularly. Yeah,
0: it that, that's probably the most straightforward one of them all.
1: Yeah, to be it's honest. not. Yeah, it's not the devil, but not the. It's not the devil, basically doing Paradise Lost, but also he's not the devil. He's an elder god, but he's not, <laughs> and getting sent to hell and getting tortured by the devil until he kills the devil and becomes the devil. And also, there's a Mortal Kombat tournament for reasons
0: and also the dragon king yes yeah um i want to save some of this for when we talk about the most recent mortal kombat because it's got some easter eggs that i'm gonna bring up and it's probably gonna piss you off with more just esoteric nonsense
1: yeah well i mean you uh, you you were always much more of a mortal kombat lifer than i was i enjoyed playing the games but i never really cared about the lore
0: yeah yeah, the uh, the 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 PS2 era of games was uh, out uh, right as I was entering my teens. So,
1: yeah, and by that point, I had already uh, tapped out of uh, uh, Mortal Kombat, pretty much. So,
0: and fighting games in general, really.
1: Pretty much, yeah. In fact, I've, for for several years there, I was just convinced that they had stopped making fighting games.
0: Uh, they kind of had. Mortal Kombat was really the only franchise keeping it going for the uh, through the two thousands. Yeah, but. Uh, we'll we'll get into that in a greater depth uh, after this break yes the video game you've been waiting all year for <laughs>
1: Oh, right. my Sub-Zero. Zero. Scorpion. Scorpion. Get Sonya.
0: Kato. Johnny K. Yeah! claims Mortal Kombat coming to leading video game systems Mortal Monday September 13th prepare yourself Okay so basically in the beginning of the Mortal Kombat universe there was just these elder gods and this sort of amorphous blob called the one being that was eating all of them so what they did was they made these daggers called the Kami Dogu that they used to sever it up and then it's The pieces of its body became the various realms, which they appointed protector gods like Raiden to. And they really don't want these realms to be fused back together. So that's why they instituted rules governing how and when you could merge the realms via Mortal Kombat. But also, there's this whole pantheon of beings above them called the Titans. And the, the Titan of Time was the villain of Mortal Kombat 11. And also, she's the mother of two of the Elder Gods, but not all of them. And that is, in essence, uh, how the Mortal Kombat do.
1: Why would they create a tournament that could allow you to re-merge the realms?
0: I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that that
1: seems like a gaping flaw right there.
0: (laughs) That is something I have never understood, uh, since if they wanted to avoid merging the realms that badly... They could just,
1: you know, make it impossible to merge the realms.
0: That I mean, that's what I would have done. Y'all, you, know, you see, if next time
1: I'm a god, that's what I'm gonna do.
0: Yeah, that's before you even get into all the stupid bullshit with Mortal Kombat Armageddon, where all the fighters where you're getting their, their intensifying combat was going to tear all the realms apart. So let's just build a giant fucking tournament with like a flame elemental at the top. And if you kill him, you get godlike power because that will solve the problem somehow. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, welcome back to Splatterpunks. We're still talking Mortal Kombat.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of weird when you have franchises that uh, like the cosmology is kind of being built as the franchise is being monetized. So yeah, You have to you, you make the toys and you make the merchandise and the characters and everything, and you have to have to figure out a reason why for them. And a lot of times you don't, you know, you don't necessarily get a whole lot of time to think about it and yep. really, really hash this out in your head. A lot of times you're kind of just going, you know, cart very, very barely after the horse. Yep. Like the card and the horse are neck and neck.
0: And that is, uh, probably the biggest fighting game franchise in the, in the universe.
1: It's the only one to get three, three movies out of it.
0: Uh, Street Fighter got up to two.
1: There was the, a second Street Fighter movie?
0: Yeah, The Legend of Chun-Li. It's from like, uh, eight years ago. Uh... I, I don't I don't think it's as beloved as Street Fighter the movie.
1: Yeah. You're sure you're not just thinking of the Nicki Minaj music video?
0: Uh, no. She, near as I can tell, has nothing actually to do with uh, Chun-Li. Um, she has the hairstyle. Not really. <laughs> yeah, Street Fighter The Legend of Chun-Li from 2009. A martial arts live-action film released as a non-canon spin-off and theatrical tie-in to Street Fighter 4.
1: It was theatrical? Yes. In what theater?
0: <laughs> oh, and it has Robin Shu, who played uh, Liu Kang. Huh.
1: Like Liu Kang from ni- the 95 version?
0: Yes. What
1: was he, like f- like 55?
0: Well, he was supposed to be playing like an 80-year-old man, so... Okay. Yeah, he plays the role of Gen. Making video game movies is hard.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you should probably stop doing it.
0: (laughs) I'm told people liked the Laura Croft movies with uh, Angelina Jolie, but...
1: I've never seen proof of that. I've never seen anybody say anything (laughs) nice about those
0: movies. (laughs) Uh, It's got Daniel Craig as a uh, shirtless himbo. Eh. But yeah, uh, wrapping up on uh, Armageddon. Um, So the movie's bad. I don't think there's any uh, tiptoeing around that. Nope, uh,
1: nope. It's pretty pretty bad.
0: Is it at least so bad it's good?
1: I can be entertained by it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, I I still have a lot of fondness uh, for that movie. Uh, there's just because when you get when you uh, like it, it throughout the entire movie, you just see so much goofy
1: shit, and then by the time you get to the final, the actual final fight, then you're just like, what, what? <laughs> What?
0: <laughs> but even bef- even early on, there's just too many uh, classic moments like, "Mother, you're alive." Too bad you
1: shall die. And she's wearing like a three dollar wig from the, like like a Morticia Adams wig from the Spirit Halloween store.
0: Yeah, and she teleports by doing like a Wonder Woman spin, but a shitty Wonder Woman spin because she didn't <laughs> get any time to practice it.
1: Yeah. She just kind of spins in a circle
0: (laughs) And then she's And then she's not in the scene anymore Bye (laughs) (laughs) There's a pointless gratuitous Mud wrestling match between Sonya and Melina I don't don't think Melina even dies She just kind of like kicks her head in the head And knocks her out And then she's not in the movie anymore
1: That happens a lot in (laughs) this film
0: (laughs) Well at least the cyborgs blow up
1: Well, you know, I think it's because they were just adding so many characters to the Mortal Kombat uh, video games and they wanted to make sure that all of them got some uh, face time in the
0: movie. They put fucking everyone in here. They put Rain in here briefly and he's just a fucking joke based off of the fact that Ed Boon is a big Prince fan. (laughs) I get it. (laughs) Yeah, he's he's purple and his name is Rain and he's later retconned to be a prince.
1: Yeah, they didn't even know that much.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They I suppo- presumably they did that in, uh, for like the five people who didn't get the joke the first time. Yeah. <laughs> Noob Saibot is in this movie. Is so during the final fight, Ermac just kind of spits him out randomly.
1: So, so Noob Saibot, he is like a re. He's like a uh, what, like a reincarnation of like one of the Sub Zeros.
0: He's the original Sub Zero, the uh, dickhead Big Brother, who was killed either by Scorpion in the games or Liu Kang in the movie during the first tournament, and then he came back as a wraith. Okay. So yeah, he's 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 a he's a dickhead ghost basically.
1: Yeah. Now in the movie, is that ever explained? No. Or is he just a robot or whatever that shows
0: up? Uh. Uh, Sonya, I think, is fighting Ermac, and then he just kind of spits out Noob Saibot, and now he's in the movie Tight (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and uh, Jax's whole arc is that he learns that he doesn't need his robot arms to beat up a centaur The the power of punching was inside of him all along (laughs) Yeah (laughs) Which, which, fuck yeah I'll drink to that moral, why not? (laughs)
1: Yeah, I forgot that they added, like, uh, that other layer of, like, mid-bosses into the second movie.
0: Yeah, they have to fight uh, Mataro, uh, Ermac, and I don't even remember who fights Shiva. Katana, probably. Or no, she has to fight her mom. Yeah. yeah, Melina? Huh? Melina? Katana.
1: No, yeah, Katana. Who's Katana's mom again? Sindel. Sindel, okay.
0: Yeah. No, Molina's a clone of Katana, mixed with some Baraka juice.
1: Oh, of course. Why why didn't I think of that? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, they, they 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 say she's a clone who frequently passes for katana like in the games, but like she doesn't like even dress like Katana, and if she takes off her mask, she has like a big monster mask face.
1: Yeah, she's got like the uh like the Ashroth face or whatever. Yeah the, the... From Star Wars.
0: Uh, yeah, pretty much.
1: Um, so I, I think that all, like, you know, we've talked about a lot of things about, uh, Mortal Kombat and Annihilation, you know. Uh, not
0: the fact that, uh, when Shao Kahn gets beat at the end, they banish Shinnok into the Phantom Zone. Well,
1: what I was getting, what I was getting to is like, we've talked about the, uh, the just shoving characters into the movie, the, you know, shit, the plot points that go nowhere, shit that doesn't make sense, but it's all leading up to that final battle. Which is just the most excellent PlayStation 1 cutscene that
0: 1997 could produce. Of a dragon fighting a hydra while the soundtrack turns into a cat walking across a Casio keyboard.
1: Yeah. (laughs) It's just, it's, that shit is fucking chef's kiss. Where they just turn into a dragon. Uh, They're like half rendered. (laughs) Shit's like flat as fuck.
0: <laughs> I'm pretty sure a couple of Shao Kahn's Hydra heads are clipping into each other. Yeah. <laughs> it's rough. <laughs> really, you're you're telling me audiences went nuts for this and you don't feel the need to go through that with that second uh round of uh of effects work. <laughs> Anyways, ten out of ten. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Highly recommend.
0: Yeah. Who could forget the scene where uh, Jax and Sonya barely escape that desert research base and uh, have to outrun a uh, a GIF of an explosion? <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, that does happen.
0: <laughs> ah, amazing. Well, let's move on to uh, the most recent uh, Mortal Kombat. Uh, yeah, just called Mortal Kombat 2K21.
1: So, what were your initial thoughts about this film?
0: Um, I feel that this movie is a mixed bag. Okay. Uh, hearing fan reactions to it, it seems like everyone thought that it was either amazing or it was dog shit. I'm going to split the difference and say it was a mixed bag.
1: Yeah, I kind of fall in the same position.
0: Yeah. Uh, there was a lot about it I liked. A lot I really could have done without uh, but it did keep me entertained for one hour and 50 minutes. So, yeah. And yeah. it and and it doesn't have any uh, Mortal Kombat Armageddon-esque monster mashes at the climax. Yeah. Uh,
1: there were a couple of directions that they went that I was, you know, actually kind of surprised with. Um, but ultimately, it was an incredible... It was incredibly predictable like, yeah uh, but you know anybody uh, who knows literally anything about any of these characters like that opening scene is like
0: oh that's that's scorpion i gotcha uh, yeah so um yeah let's just get into it under pros, i say that the movie does a good job of trying to set itself apart from the 95 film because it, they they had to have known that uh since the 95 film is one of the few video game movies that everybody unilaterally likes, uh, it was going to draw comparisons.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, yeah, like we said, the 95 film is basically just an expanded version of the storyline of the first game. Uh, this one kind of circumvented that, because Shang Tsung, famously a prick, uh, he woke up one day and decided that if he can just have all of Earth Realms champions assassinated before the tournament even starts, then we'd have no choice but to forfeit. So rather than retelling the island tournament again, it's like a what would you call it? Like an on the run movie? Sort of movie?
1: Yeah, kind of, well sort of? For maybe like the first half? And then they're not really on the run anymore because Shang Tsung knows exactly where they are.
0: Yeah, they're on the run and they get to that uh Raiden's weird desert temple that he has for some reason. Yeah. And uh they're they're uh they've got less than a month to uh prep for uh, the tournament before they to uncover their arcana. Yeah, which I'll get into later. But But yeah, they uh they, they spend their time training there before Shang Tsung, you know, get can, is able to convince uh the uh, most obvious traitor in the history of Swerves to betray them. And uh uh yeah, they raid the temple, which, you know, They survive that attack and then go on the offense, trying to take out Shang Tsung's champions in turn, and that's basically the movie.
1: Yeah. Yeah. uh, They spend the first half of the movie being hunted by Shang Tsung's champions, and then spend the second half of the movie, or I guess, pretty much just like the The last last third. Yeah, hunting uh, Shang Tsung's champions.
0: Yeah. So it's it, it's. It retains the spirit of uh, Mortal Kombat while uh, doing its own thing with the plot, which, even if like you said, it's pretty predictable, it's at least different from uh, uh, the island tournament that we've already seen three times now.
1: Yeah. So I'll give it credit for doing that, like, because I did hear people complaining that, like, you know, oh, the tournament doesn't show up. It's like, well.
0: If we've done it. If you want
1: to it. see the fucking tournament, just go watch the original movie.
0: Yeah, go play the original game or watch the original movie or play Mortal Kombat 9, which also does the tournament again. Yeah. Like,
1: because, I mean, we've talked about this before. Like, you know, don't remake a movie and just basically make the same movie.
0: Yeah, if the movie had just been a remake of the 95 film, but now it has a hard R rating, I probably would have been more disappointed than I am.
1: Yeah, now you're only, what, 40% disappointed?
0: Yeah, something like that. And a uh, another pro I'll hand it is that there were obviously a lot of MK fans behind the camera, uh, just based on the number of Easter eggs to find here.
1: They Well, I mean, yeah, because uh, people who work, in, like, behind the camera in film are a bunch of fucking nerds.
0: I mean, yeah, it tends to be that way.
1: Yeah, it, people who get jobs working, like, you know... Uh, working uh behind the scenes in hollywood they're a bunch of fucking nerds so you know that they played roughly three thousand hours of mortal Kombat in 1993
0: yeah isn't that what joe bob was making fun of a couple of weeks ago when they had eli roth on and he said eli roth is too handsome to be a director director's got to be like some kind of pasty uh hunched over uh, nerd man
1: <laughs> well you know you you uh you want wood uh woody allen that's how you get woody allen
0: I mean, fair enough.
1: Yeah. yeah, we're operating off of a Woody Allen to Eli Roth uh, spectrum
0: here. Yeah. One makes some of the uh, most high, critically acclaimed films uh, in the Western canon and is a uh, utterly uh, irredeemable human being. Uh, the other one makes uh, some of the most dog shit movies in the Western canon, but uh, by all accounts, a like uh, pretty, pretty nice right. guy.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and he was the bear Jew.
0: Yeah, sure was. But yeah, uh, talking Easter eggs, uh, some of the character polls actually took me by surprise. You know, you get your old standbys like Liu Kang, Sonya, Scorpion, and Sub-Zero, but you also get Reiko, who, do you even remember Reiko? No. Yeah, he's he's from MK4. He was he's in M- He was in MK4, MK Armageddon, and then in the MKX comic book line where he gets killed off before, you know, he can ever be in another game ever again. Which one was he? Uh, in uh, the games, he's uh, another ninja-looking guy. In this one, he's the big bald guy with a hammer. Oh, okay. <laughs> so d-
1: like, who's who's the fucking dwarf? Like <laughs> Tolkien dwarf here?
0: Uh, that'd be Reiko looking not very much like he does in the games. Okay. And yeah,
1: uh, I was very confused. I was like, "Who's this fucking guy?"
0: That's <laughs> uh, Reiko Uh, and, uh, Natara's here. Remember Natara? (laughs) The Bat Lady? Yeah. That's a real Mortal Kombat character. I
1: think that I might... sort of remember her.
0: She doesn't usually look like one of Dracula's brides from Van Helsing. No. She really does here, but... (laughs) Yeah, usually she's, like, a goth pirate vampire. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, they, they and also they really wanted to drive home that uh, that joke that uh, Shang Tsung's really horny for.
0: I mean, was that a joke? Uh,
1: it, they bring it up like multiple times and everybody's like, uh, he's like, oh, yes, the beautiful. And everybody's like, uh, if you say so, man.
0: Yeah, she's another one who is only ever playable in two games, but she must have fanboys in high places. Because before this, she did cameo in the animated Scorpion movie from last year.
1: Uh, then again, if she had fanboys in high places, she got her ass owned like immediately.
0: <laughs> yeah, and she does eat shit harder than any other character in the in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. Call it a mixed blessing. Uh, a couple other characters get name dropped or referenced in the background. Uh, Liu Kang uh, name drops Bo Raichou, the uh, the big gross drunk from the uh, PS2 era games.
1: Yeah, he was supposed to be kind of like you know the like drunken master, kind of got like a like a Jackie Chan movie kind of master.
0: Yeah, except uh, instead of just being drunk, he literally fights you uh, with the power of vomit.
1: So he's chaos from primal rage.
0: Yeah, he vomits on the floor and you slip on it and he gets free hit. Nice. Uh, one of his fatalities is lighting a giant, uh, comedically large match and then farting through it, which creates a torrent of green fire that burns you alive.
1: Yeah, he just sounds like the dude (laughs) from, like, Drunken Fist or whatever. (laughs) Which is, I'm sure, what they were going for.
0: Uh, and there was also a mural in the background, uh, depicting Argus, Delia, and Taven. Three characters, I'm positive you have no idea what I'm talking about. Never heard of them, Nope. (laughs) Don't yeah. intend
1: to.
0: <laughs> yeah, they were from the uh, story of Armageddon, which is bad and stupid.
1: Though I remember you really, really liking Armageddon as a kid because it had all of the characters in it.
0: Yeah. Even uh, Serena, who was the one who I was hoping would pop up. But uh, yeah, and in Sonya's hideout, she's got like her Charlie, Kelsey, Pepe, Sylvia conspiracy wall that has pictures of like Nightwolf and Kotal Khan on it.
1: Yeah. Which... Yeah, I was I was a little I was not confused because I I mean, ultimately, it didn't matter. But I was also kind of wondering, like, how did you guys find out about the tournament? Because it was just Jax has this dragon mark. And suddenly that from there, you managed to uh, leapfrog into being uh, basically the Hermione Granger of Mortal Kombat.
0: Yeah, they are kind of uh, exposition characters where it's never explained how they are expositioning yeah well i mean that's
1: okay so another thing that we uh really should address about this new movie is the protagonist for lack of a better term
0: well i was gonna get into him in my con cons but
1: Mm. so anyway
0: yeah just just wrapping up uh real quick it's like yeah, I like, uh, you know, uh, some of the lore bits, uh, the, the feud between the Lin, K- Lin Kuei and the Shirai Ryu is a major plot point. I like that they kept, uh, Scorpion's, uh, dumb name from, uh, Mortal Kombat 1.
1: Hanzo Hisashi?
0: Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's funny because Hanzo is a real name, but Hisashi, as far as I can tell, is gibberish. It, it so it's...
1: They kept, they pulled a Cho Chang.
0: They, they kind of pulled a Cho Chang. Uh, which, you know, was probably more acceptable in the 90s. But, you know, NetherRealm Studios, they they just kept it. Yeah. Yeah, Hanzo uh, could be a reference to uh, the legendary samurai Hattori Hanzo. Or, more likely, one of the devs on Mortal Kombat watched the Hanzo the Razor movies. Much from more like, likely, yes. From, like, the 1970s, so...
1: Yeah, they don't strike me as, like, high scholars. They strike me as more like a Quentin Tarantino kind of guy who just watched uh, a thousand of these fucking, like, 70s martial arts movies.
0: Yeah, and uh, it would have fit a lot more in with the uh, Enter the Dragon knockoff vibe they were going for. Yeah. But yeah, Hasashi, near as I can tell, not a real name in Japanese or any other language. <laughs> Meh. Yeah. Is, that it was, the, is that the nit you want to pick? It was the 90s. It was a different, it was a different time, 1992, but yeah, uh, I guess we can, uh, get into, uh, cons here and we may as well talk about the protag in the room.
1: Oh, is he here? Oh, sorry. I thought, I thought he was a piece of furniture in the background.
0: Yeah. So you sounded like you had something you want to say. So why don't you go first?
1: Um, I mean, okay. So I, I, on the one hand, I understand the role of this character. He's the audience insert. He's the dumb guy who doesn't understand anything about this world. And so characters can just directly, uh, you know, uh, sort of explain things and just exposition at him so that the audience can get uh, caught up to speed alongside him. But okay, also- I,
0: I suppose that makes sense because traditionally Liu Kang has always been the tag, but he would know way too much about how this universe functions, wouldn't he? yeah. Also, um... I think that's why in Mortal Kombat 9 they ended up making Johnny Cage the protag since he's like the dumbest of the big dumb guys. So everyone, everything has to be explained to him. He's dumber than Kano? Probably. Eh. Kano at least knows what's going on enough to exploit it. Eh,
1: Yeah, true. Johnny
0: Cage just kind of bumbles from one scene to another.
1: Yeah. Um, so... Our protagonist. Here's the. Do you, rem- here's the, here's do you the, remember his name? Yeah, this is the, the the crucial question. Do you remember his name? The answer is I do not.
0: Uh, I, I know written- he wants his family back. <laughs> sure does. Uh, I had I had his uh, Jesus Christ. I had it written down in here somewhere. I know his first name was Cole. His name is. His name is Cole something. Cole. Fell.
1: Cole Harkash. The fact that we don't know and I didn't even know his name was Cole until you reminded me of it. I mean, I think that's pretty indicative of what we're driving at.
0: Yeah. I mean, Cole is just one of those uh, stock protagonist names who'd be like the main character in a first person shooter circa like 2006. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So
1: yeah, he's he's basically like uh our pro- ladies and gentlemen, our protagonist's clipping in the background.
0: <laughs> oh shit, he fell out of he fell out of the world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got to restart got to restart the scene.
1: Yeah. So our protagonist is, you know, I get like I said the most
0: boringest man on this entire planet of Earth realm, which he's a fucking prize fighter. That should be at least worth something. But well, no. What? honestly that is makes him even more cliche because he's a past his prime prize fighter tries his best for his family answers the call to his fam to adventure because he wants his family back.
1: Yeah. Um, and also with his family, uh, it was pretty much up until like the two thirds point, uh, pretty much at, yeah, pretty much at actually at the turning point of act three. Um, I think, you know, the scene that I'm talking about when he gets, uh, you know reunited with his family and then he has to uh unlock his power or whatever
0: his his x-men power
1: yeah he has to unlock his darkana. and i was that entire time i was confused i was like so is this okay so it's like a woman and then like a younger kid and it's like okay so is the is this like his his sister and girlfriend or his his wife and his daughter or like who are these people also do we know their names at all
0: uh, for sure I don't know their fucking names
1: yeah like I don't even know if it got mentioned
0: I know them as wifey and precocious child
1: see I didn't even know them as that up until the uh, up until uh, like the two thirds mark of the movie I was like family Uh, family what he wants back yeah, fan, f- uh, Relation A and Relation B. He's attached to these people for reasons.
0: <laughs> they're getting ice cream together. I, I think it does get mentioned uh, at some point before that that they are a family unit. And,
1: well, yeah, it's like, I know that they're a family unit, but, you know... But, like, but like a but, husband... Like, I don't even know, like, what their relationship is. Like, are they... I, I, are I like think a, it
0: is established that they are
1: spouses and child. No, yeah, I i know i what i'm getting at is that like i didn't know that until like two-thirds of the way through the movie yeah i'm,
0: I'm, I'm saying it did happen before that you it just, did it okay yeah it uh, was that, just that, too that's going to pay attention to yeah that's what i'm trying to express to you yeah
1: so yeah i like i said i get what they were going for with trying to make uh this guy our audience insert but oh my god he's just yeah, Nathan Drake most here sucks. Boringest, yeah, he's the most boringest man.
0: <laughs> and even his Arcana sucks, which I guess we, I guess now is as good a time as any to talk about Arcana. So yeah. the way it worked in uh, the game, in the games, was that uh, each character had their own explanation for why they could do uh, their mystical bullshit. You know, Lu Kang is a monk, so he has, you know, basically Dragon Ball Z key techniques. Uh, Sonya's little laser blast wasn't a superpower at all. It was like a pa- it was like a a power gauntlet that she wore on her arm. Jax has really robot big robot arms. arms. Yeah. Uh, Scorpion is a uh, undead specter made of hellfire. You know, etc. Uh, that wasn't good enough for this movie, so they had to institute a plot point where if you are chosen to be a champion of Mortal Kombat, you also get an X Men power in the bargain. Yeah. And you have to unlock it seemingly by getting your ass kicked, or just getting really, really pissed off about an egg roll. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that was a uh, a stupid change that was that I didn't like because it was bad and stupid. Uh, I, I, I don't know what was wrong about with the original explanation. Uh, I didn't hate it. But but uh, but you did probably hate Cole's Arcana because where he just turns into like a gold guy, a, a golden god. Yeah, with a tonfa.
1: Don't you get it? His family is his shield, because
0: he is a shield to his family. Is that what I'm supposed to take away from it? Because all I was trying to figure out is does his armor work like the Black Panther suit? Because sometimes it seems like it does, other times it, yeah, it does kinda, not. it
1: kind of does seem to have the properties of vibranium a little bit. But only some of the time. Only some of the time. Yeah, when it when it turns red, that's when it can, like, you know, basically um, take kinetic energy and, like, reflect it back on its source or whatever. But uh, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, sometimes he just
0: gets his ass kicked. Yeah. It, it seems to vary depending on whether he's uh, fighting a Goro or fighting a Sub-Zero.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I don't know, is is it because it it, it it like lights up is so is it like heat? Because like Sub-Zero is like, you know, uh,
0: like not heat. <laughs> I <laughs> mean, it's as sound an explanation as any we get in the film, by which I mean zero. Yeah.
1: Would you say less than zero? Would you say Sub-Zero?
0: And speaking of uh, Sub-Zero, it's like, okay. So he wipes out uh, the uh, the lion's share of the Ryu clan uh, before the opening credits. Presumably. Uh, I assumed that that was supposed to take place, you know, in the modern day. Because, you know, that's how it went down in uh, the video games. But it's later explained that that was centuries ago. Yeah,
1: so I-, I was
0: thinking about, like, the, 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 the time is sub-zero immortal and if so why well
1: he's either immortal or he can time travel or there's some weird timey-wimey shit that goes on where like uh like people in outworld can travel to like different time points in our world or something like that
0: yeah it was, it, it was simpler in the games because uh mortal Kombat basically runs on what i like to call xena time you know, where one week she's doing the Greco-Roman sword and sandal stuff, and then the next week she's getting into capers with Robin Hood. And that chronology doesn't mesh if you think about it more than zero, but you don't care because that's just how Xena does. Right. Yeah, Mortal Kombat's normally the same way. Uh, Ninjas, cowboy gunslingers, and cyborgs just all exist in the modern period. And you're just- Which,
1: if, if you just throw all of that shit together, it's fine. Yeah. But if you try to make it more complicated, you invite more questions which creates more problems.
0: <laughs> yeah, just just have the ninjas exist in the year of our lord 2021. Yeah. But then if they could if uh then if they did that they couldn't make uh uh Nathan Drake uh the descendant of Scorpion. No, which I don't consider a spoiler because I figured out what that that that's where they yeah, were going I... immediately.
1: Was that even a secret? I thought they uh, like I was thinking like you know did was that just like a really really obvious secret? Or I don't know say that
0: I don't know what their intention was, but yeah, it's in any event, it was obvious where they were going. So
1: yeah, well, uh, well, especially by, I mean, I think it was it's pretty like I mean, okay, so from the. From the moment that I saw the guy, I was like, oh, he's the de- he's the putting descendant his yellow the
0: hand wraps on.
1: Yeah, I was like, oh, he's the descendant of the babe of the child of Hanzo Hasashi. I was like, I get it. Thank you, movie.
0: I, I, I actually assumed that he was the child because I was still thinking that the ninja shit was happening contemporaneously. You sure how,
1: yeah, you weren't. Yeah, you weren't sure how where, what this time
0: frame was going on. Well, I just assumed it was the same as the games. So, yeah, which was uh, a silly assumption to make, it turns out.
1: Uh, so, I mean, I knew immediately that, you know, our main character was the descendant of Hanzo Hisashi. Um, and then when they gave him the dagger, I was like, oh my God, Scorpion's on the fucking poster. We know.
0: Yeah. We know he, I mean, it's, he his fight was sub. his second fight with sub is in the trailer. We know he's coming back.
1: Yeah. This, you know, you're really kind of going for some, it's a little bit cringy, the dramatic irony you think you're going for here.
0: Yeah. Um, it's not a very smart movie. I'll say that much.
1: No, so that's kind of the theme of this show, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'd probably give it like a seven out of ten.
0: Oh, I I still have grapes. Um, yeah. So, Goro is supposed to be like basically the most intimidating character. Uh, until you get to Shao Kahn. Like. If we go by power scaling, he's actually more powerful than Shang Tsung. Uh, here, he's reduced to a jobber. Yeah. He, he jobs the Cole uh, as soon as he uncovers his uh, his X-Man power. I don't even think Goro gets a line. No, I don't think so. Yeah.
1: He's basically just kind of like a bootleg, four-armed Hulk.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and this isn't... Uh, this is a, a nerd boy nitpick, but uh, Goro... Uh, the character established in the games would uh, super be not on board with Shang Tsung's plan of just killing all the competitors before the tournament. He's uh, his, his character is His well, his character is like your classic uh, honorable warrior race guy. So he he would not abide this underhanded trickery. That
1: is very much. I don't I, I don't know if there is a more nerdy gripe than that.
0: Yeah, but. <laughs> I made it, so. Um,
1: Actually, uh, the culture of the uh, warrior built up around Goro and his tribe is much more predicated on honor, so he would not be uh, a a fan of Shang Tsung's approach to uh, avert the rules of the tournament.
0: Okay, first of all, his tribe are called the Shokan.
1: (laughs) You don't say.
0: (laughs) Um, yeah, another gripe I had was just the, uh, the haste uh, with which some of these characters got taken out. Like, did you even realize that that was supposed to be a reptile in this movie? Yeah. Okay. Cause
1: cause... Look like an iguana. And they just... said something about, like, you know, uh, unleash the reptile units or whatever.
0: Yeah, which apparently his, his, his name is now The Reptile.
1: Or, yeah. Well, okay, so... Yeah, I kind of expected that there would be more than one.
0: Yeah, with it's even uh, Mortal Kombat Armageddon had more than one reptile. Raiden fights like 20 of them.
1: Yeah, the cartoon had like an army of reptiles. Yeah. Which, you know, yeah, that's actually uh, another point that we didn't talk about even at all is the uh, the Mortal Kombat cartoons.
0: Uh it's it it uh it's been a while since I watched any of those. I'm not rewatching all like 26 episodes of Defenders of the Realm, so
1: yeah, neither am I, but I just remember there being an army of
0: reptiles. Yeah, that sounds about right. Although my favorite thing about that is that Quan Chi shows up briefly, but MK4 wasn't out yet, so they had no idea what to do with him. So he just has a staff shaped like a snake that opens up its mouth and shoots more snakes out of it, who then <laughs> open up their mouths and shoot more snakes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That uh, remains one of the best things I've ever seen in all of animation.
1: (laughs) Maybe we should just (laughs) rewatch.
0: I mean, it has its moments.
1: I just remember a uh, a, like, a, you know how back in the day, like to save money on animation, they would just loop the same like three frames over and over. Yeah. I just remember like a straight 10 seconds of reptiles just flip ninja flipping over a hill.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That sounds about right. That, that's also the series where uh, Sonya is reduced to basically being the Leroy Jenkins of the group. Like, fucking uh, Stryker oh, will be... Just
1: made her an idiot?
0: Yeah, Stryker will, of all people, will be telling her to try and calm those tits, and she just, like, whips her hand away from him and yells combat time and then runs in. That's her catchphrase, by the way. Uh, before she fights anyone, she has to scream combat time at the top of her lungs.
1: Cool. <laughs> we
0: <laughs> they love wanna... it, don't we, folks? <laughs> They wanted so badly to make combat time a thing.
1: Shit! If we ever make t-shirts for the show, the first one is going to be just uh, Sonia Blade with just combat time under it.
0: <laughs> oh my god, she just ran in! Oh my god, Sonia! <laughs> Sonia, you're just stupid as hell.
1: At least she has reptile. <laughs> At least it tastes like chicken.
0: But yeah, back to the point I was originally on. Uh, Reptile shows up for uh, one scene uh, and jobs the Kano. Which is at least, I guess, consistent what they've been doing with his character for the last three Mortal Kombat games where he's basically just uh, a punching bag like Baraka at this point. Yeah. But, you know, the fact that he gets killed off so quickly is just, you know, Goro as well. Goro shouldn't have jobs. And uh, even Melina. Uh, she remains a consistent threat throughout the movie, uh, but the way she gets killed by Sonya at the end reminded me a lot of how Bane went out in The Dark Knight Rises. Just projectile yeah, just get, like, attack from off-screen. <laughs> like, and, and is probably, like, the biggest fan favorite in the whole franchise. They really did her dirty. Fortunately, all anyone on Twitter seems to care about is her fat ass, so... <laughs> Say what you will about the Molina stands, at least they're consistent.
1: Yeah, that, that, I don't know. That does uh, remind me of uh, Shang Tsung just being, uh, you know, just incredibly thirsty for uh, Batgirl.
0: Yeah, it honestly makes them all the more surprising that Serena didn't show up since she's a uh, Sub Zero's uh, goth demon waifu. I also thought it was a weird choice that they basically made Sub Zero the main antagonist. Like they, yeah. they really got him over.
1: No, yeah, like a guy who's never uh, used his arcana before ever uh, is able to take out Goro. But then they're like, the Sub Zero guy. He's a real threat. We need. Yeah, he's, the he's,
0: he's yeah, he's gonna so- take all of us. And even with uh, Cole McPro guy and Scorpion back from hell, they only barely win. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, I guess uh, Hanzo was kind of a. Uh, sort of sitting on the fact that I don't know he could shoot fire out of his hellfire out of his mouth the entire time
0: well yeah but that's his, his fatality he's not allowed to do that till the end of the fight those are just the rules
1: yeah. well, <laughs> well I, yeah, I, we know that that's the rule in the game is it the rule in the movie
0: well it would be, it would be rude if that's what he opened with <laughs> eh. <laughs> <laughs> I did
1: I did uh Honestly, I did get a little bit of a chuckle at the end where uh, <laughs> uh, Scorpion's basically like, take care of my bloodline, and uh, Cole is basically just like, gives him the look like, thanks, I don't speak Japanese.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask, is it ever established that Cole can actually speak Japanese? No, I don't think he can. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because there's a line uh, early on where uh, 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 Hanzo and Bihan are speaking Japanese and Chinese to each other respectively, yeah, and, then, and Hanzo yeah, just Hanzo says, like, I, don't, "I don't. I have no what idea you're what you're saying. I'm just going to kill you now."
1: Yeah. <laughs> so I think they kind of just did that again at the end of the movie, and it's just like, uh, "My my descendant, please take care of my bloodline." Uh, I, I don't know what the fuck you're saying, man.
0: <laughs> the the bathroom is that way. <laughs> I I I don't know, man. Hey, can you teach
1: me how to shoot Hellfire out of my mouth? That was pretty tight.
0: No. (laughs) Or the Japanese word for no. I don't know.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) And yeah, uh, speaking of Cole and Scorpion. um, So I thought it was kind of agreed upon that after the Star Wars prequels, we weren't doing Chosen One prophecy bullshit anymore.
1: Nope. Never mind. Yeah. Chosen Ones are back in style, baby.
0: Yeah, because the reason why uh, Cole is so important is because s- someone, at some point, had a prophecy that in Earthrealm's Great Darkest Hour, uh, the-, the offspring of Hanzo Hasashi would unite of Earth's greatest warriors and lead them to victory. Which is a profoundly weird and specific prophecy. And I think it's said that this is the specific reason why uh, the Lin Kuei went to kill them. You know, it's it's not enough that they're rival clans who hate each other. There has to be a a, a stupid prophecy reason.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, because I think it, I th- I think at that point it was implied that uh, it seems to at least the tra- the trapping seemed to suggest that Hanzo has kind of like you know hung up his his uh, his straps and is no longer doing
0: the, you know ninja shit. I guess. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not really clear. He seems to just be chilling out in his uh, clan's village. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. It's just like, why does there need to be a prophecy? Um, the fact that there is a prophecy takes, you know, what little suspense there might have been in this plot line and takes it out because the fact that there's a prophecy means that we already know exactly exactly how it's going to end.
1: Yeah. Or even if there is a prophecy, like, maybe don't tell us about it. At the beginning of the movie, yeah, or
0: or yeah, make like it, or maybe make it have
1: the uh, the the villains' motivations sort of uh, ambiguous or like you know unclear until they uh, uh, until a prophecy is revealed. I mean, preferably just don't do a prophecy, or
0: or just, make the or make the prophecy vague enough that it could have a number of uh, correct interpretations. It's one of the few things that Harry Potter actually did right.
1: Yeah, but even now that Harry Potter has done it, that kind of you know we've already seen it so
0: yeah so uh better to just have you know keep the high stakes by you know making earth's uh success very much not a sure thing
1: yeah which I think if, if there's anything that uh creatives listening to this episode should take away from this don't do prophecy shit No, it's bad we hate it it's burnt out it, no more it,
0: prophecy. it was bad and shitty and stupid uh, when the Phantom Menace came out, and it's only gotten worse since then. Yes. Yeah. So.
1: No more prophecies.
0: No more prophecies, please. So, uh, yeah. What's uh, what's your final assessment of MK two K nineteen twenty? What What's your MK two K
1: nineteen twenty twenty? What's
0: the Where are we? <laughs> what's your Where final? What's your final assessment of MK Two K Twenty One?
1: Uh, I would give it a six point five.
0: Uh, I was gonna say two and a half stars, uh, which is more or less a six point five, I think. So, well, two and a half stars out of four? Yes.
1: Yeah, thereabouts.
0: Yeah. This was a movie. Yes. <laughs> It it was most assuredly many movies
1: like it, but this is the one I
0: watched. Yeah, it is most assuredly a movie. It is much more of a movie than Mortal Kombat Armageddon, but probably less cohesive a movie than Mortal Kombat ninety five.
1: Yeah. Um. I wasn't mad, like I, I uh, because I mean it's it's a it's an hour and fifty minutes, and it didn't it didn't feel like it. I didn't find myself, like, repeatedly, like, tapping the uh, the down arrow on the Roku remote, just being like, my God, how much longer is it?
0: No, yeah, kind of like uh, what we said on our last episode, where uh, uh, Godzilla versus Kong doesn't reach the heights of King of the Monsters, but, you know, we, we were not bored or frustrated by it either. No. Yeah, it's, this just kind of falls in the solid, mediocre slot yeah and there
1: there are movies that i've watched uh uh, you know in recent months that i have just spent half of the movie just tapping down and just trying to see like when is this going to be fucking over
0: so yeah um if you're a fan or just want some uh some easy breezy martial arts action that you don't have to think very hard about you could do a lot worse um I'd say probably skip catching it in the theater, though.
1: Yeah, if there's one movie that you're going to see in theaters, make it cut uh, Godzilla vs. Kong.
0: Yeah, which is already out of IMAX, so I missed my shot on that. But yeah. Well, on that note, I believe we're going to call this meeting of the Midnight Society closed. My name is Ness. And David. And to catch you next... Combat time was that a reference to yeah to to the cartoon show oh i feel like we talked i feel like we talked about it i feel like we talked about it for like 20 minutes yeah i remember yeah anyways good night